Uh, Bruce Maluish, uh, Managing Director of DRX Silica, a West Australian-based ASX-listed uh, silica sand uh, company, exploration at this point, but uh, heading into production. Bruce, good to have you on the show, and um, thanks for coming on, because I, I think there's been a few uh, calls for uh, us to talk to silica sands companies, but most people don't actually know what it is and what it, what it's used for. So we might, might use the first beginning a bit of this conversation, if you don't mind, just kind of educate the audience a little bit. So silica sands, what, what's the, uh, what's, what is the market for it? What's it used for? Where does it come from? Who are the players? Well, it's the most used commodity on the planet after air and water. 49.5 billion goes into concrete. And therein lies the problem because predominantly in, uh, in Asia at the moment, all the stimulus spending, which is a significant amount, is going to concrete. And they require silica sand, and, you know, it makes up about 30, 40% of, of concrete. Now, glass manufacturing is the next largest user of uh, silica sand. And the glass manufacturers are increasingly finding it more difficult to access the quality sand that they require to, to make glass. Now, you might say, well, it's full of sand, you know, down the beach, Sahara Desert, but none of those sands are actually suitable for making either concrete or, in fact, um, can be upgraded to the quality that's required for glass making. So desert sands tend to be round and they're an orangey-red colour. That's because of the amount of iron that's in them. And they're rounded off, so they're not suitable for making uh, concrete. So the same, those two industries are competing often for the same uh, source of uh, material. And also, the better quality sand in Asia is being dredged from rivers and lakes, which is unsustainable and they're finding it increasingly more difficult, governments are making it more difficult for them to access that type of sand. So we've tried to position the company where in the near future, we can start supplying high quality sand into the glass making uh, industry and also the foundry industry. Um, that's also a quite a large use of quite specific quality sand, uh, which we happen to have and particularly in Korea, which is the largest foundry industry in the world. But glass making, it's, um, you know, Asia produces, or China produces 46% of the world's glass. Now, that's made up of flat glass, which includes automobile, automobile glass. And I don't care whether you're driving a piston engine car or an electric car, same amount of glass in there. So flat glass includes the automobile industry, but container glass, it's also a huge industry. Each of them use about 65 million tonnes a year of good quality sand, growing at 5 to 6% per year. We're looking to set up uh, three to four projects of about 2 million tonnes each per year. Right. So the size of the market in, in dollar terms, so people can sort of understand the opportunity in front of you, would, would be what? It's, it's very difficult to put a price on silica sand because a subtle change in the quality will determine which market it goes into. But it's not a it's it's not like iron ore or anything like that. But you're going to get sort of 50, 60 bucks for the lower quality stuff and sort of 70, 80 dollars for uh, for the higher quality material. But that's that's I suspect that will change in the near future because it is becoming more and more difficult to find those that quality sand in Asia. 
Every Asian country now has banned exports of silica sand. Each country is acutely concerned about their own domestic supply, now particularly for concrete, but all the Asian countries have got quite large either foundry industry or glassmaking industries. And the capital that's tied up in each of those industries is, is very significant, but if you don't have the raw materials, it's a lot of capital sitting around potentially not doing much. It, it is, um, but I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get at is the size of the opportunity in front of you, your company, um, in the sense of, right, do we understand the total size of the market out there, where you're aiming for in terms of those different, you know, qualities of sands and, you know, into which jurisdictions are you hoping to sell, whether it be glass or, or, or concrete? We're not looking at the concrete market. It's okay. really glass making. Okay. Uh, glass making in Korea, Japan, uh, Philippines, Thailand, Malaysia, but uh, and also the foundry industry in Korea. At the moment, we've got enough interest from those countries to not include China, China but ultimately uh, we'll be selling into, uh, into China eventually. But we're looking to put in off-take agreements with uh, non-Chinese companies for the moment to, uh, to assist us in uh, getting final uh, financing um, to develop these projects. But we, we have an enormous amount of interest, far in excess of what we can uh, produce. But one of our projects, uh, this project behind me, uh, is Arrowsmith North. Now, it can produce a product which will run about 99.7% silicon dioxide and about 500 ppm iron. Now, that'll go in the flat glass industry and the container glass industry. Uh, one of our other projects um, is Muche, uh, which is just outside of Perth. We could produce 99.9%. Now, it doesn't seem like much, 99.7 or 99.9, but it is quite significant. But more significant is we can uh, produce it at about less than 100 ppm iron. So that will go into the ultra-clear market. Now, the leading product in the ultra-clear market is the piece of glass that goes over solar panels. Now, it's actually very high-tech glass that um, is required there. Not only is it ultra-clear, because you don't want to diffract any sunlight because that equals power, but it uh, has to withstand hail. So that is, that is uh, every glass manufacturer wants to be making that type of glass because it's such a huge market and it's, it's growing at 30% per year. So it's, and, and you can well imagine all the demands going on now for solar panels is, is growing exponentially. And uh, who knows where all that'll end up. But our, we've, the difficulty in trying to make that, that type of glass is getting the right type of sand. You need 99.9% to make ultra clear glass. Now we fit right into that market. Okay, let's let, let's try and get back to basics. So you, you've got Arrowsmith and, and right right now Arrowsmith North is the thing that you're looking at. What, so have you done, what studies have been done on that? I know we, we, we'll talk about the environmental and the, the green aspect and the way that you're going about doing it, but just in terms of numbers, what do the economics on that look like? We're looking at a margin of about 20 Australian dollars per tonne uh, FOB. So that's you know, free on board onto the ship. And that's to mine it, process it, transport it, and also load it onto the ship. So it's it's a it's a it's a reasonable margin. 
Um, but we also think it's a margin that is going to increase over the next few years. Um, and we're looking to put in a plant of production of about 2 million tonnes per year. Now, we also have Arrowsmith Central, which is nearby, and we have Miche, and we have a, uh, another project down the Esperance. That's in very early stages. But really, our uh, schedule here is to get Arrowsmith North up and running and then Muche up and running. Now, the timetable for these will be entirely dependent on the EPA, but we've been dealing with them for a number of years now. We now understand the studies that are required to get the assessment undertaken on this type of country. Now, th this country behind me, it's called Congan Heath. Mm -hmm. It's quite shallow. And the, the root systems on it, as you can imagine, this is loose sand. The root systems are also very shallow. So we've developed a, uh, a rehabilitation technique here whereby we've got a modified front-end loader and it had, takes out a 3-metre by 3-metre by 400-millimetre deep sod and we can lop all this off below the root system. So we're picking them up and transplanting it and we transplant it back immediately to where we've just been mining. So it's initial cleared area, but after that it is relocation and it's called uh, vegetation direct transfer. Um, we think it's it's been tested before in the area in this type of vegetation, so we understand how it works and how effective it is, and it's vastly better than any other rehabilitation techniques. Yeah, and there's there's, so, a good, there's a good video on your website about that, which we'll probably put a link to because it kind of it shows and demonstrates. Uh, quite nicely, you know, the, the, the process there. But look, and Bruce, let me come back to, let me come back to the economics. I want, I'm trying to understand the scale of the opportunity in front of us as investors, right? So the, uh, currently 20 bucks per ton, uh, obviously, as you say, as the market is depleting, you think going forward that that margin should increase, but, but so may costs, you know, you, you, we don't, we don't know what's, what's happening with, um, you know, supply chains and inflation and, and, and so forth. So, what, what, how many tons are we we talking about putting through the, the plant? You, you mentioned sort of what was it? 200? Two million. Two million. Two million two, tons. Two, two million tons per year. What's the capex on on that? I'm trying to work out what the IRRs are and the returns are on, on that project. Forty five million. Forty five million Australia. Okay. Okay. So not not crazy. Um, fine. No, no, it's it's cheap cheap capex. It's very cheap to run. Uses very little power, um, and it's really it's washing and screening. Uh, we've actually developed a new technique uh, using some flotation to remove remove the last little bits of the impurities. Right. But the margin of Muche is about twice that. Right. And and, and just talk about because obviously I've seen I've seen the videos and I've seen the scrubland and it's you know it's it's vast. But in terms of um, the you know the, the drilling and working out what what's where etc. Like what's what's the extent of of this land package that you got in terms of being able to deliver the silica sand that you were looking for the type that you're looking for. And what's the life of mine? Arrowsmith North about a hundred years. Oh, that should do it. Uh, we've got over <laughs> a billion ton in resources. We're not going to run out of sand. Okay, so uh, that's the good news. So these are extremely long-life projects. Now, strangely enough, in, in the, uh, the world of glass manufacturing, so, uh, silica sand uh, contracts, you know, three years, five years, is regarded as extremely long-term. We, we can sign up for much longer than that. And it's a fairly unique position whereby... You know, it's it's these are very very long life, and they're enormous resources. This one behind me is about is a sand dune. We're not digging a hole here. We're knocking the top off a sand dune. 
So this dune here is about 12 kilometres long, four kilometres wide and 15 metres high. Right. So it's, it's an enormous, enormous resource. So there's enough of it. It's easy to get at. It's cheap to mine. The capex is low. Um, and that's just one project we're talking about. Um, you've, you've got three. You've got three others at, ver at ver various stages, which we sh I guess we can talk about in a second. But let, let, let's use the um, assume there's a kind of cookie cutter approach to this. So let's focus on Aerosmith. So you've you've described a process which says, okay, we we are making sure that we are looking after the flora and fauna. We're meeting all the well, I, I guess there's quite a few hoops to jump through in terms of the environmental. So I, I know it's a very long list. Of, of no, it's not uh, requirements. a particularly long list. No, it's not a particularly long list, and it's a, it's a process that you can work through. Right. We've done about sixteen different types of studies on this um, on this particular project. Anything from the obviously the flora, fauna, invertebrates, you know, air quality reports, uh, emissions studies. Um, there, there's a vast number of them. Um, and it's been a process we've been working through with, with the EPA because they've never been presented with a project of this magnitude. So, um, you know, it's been a learning process for the EPA as well. But we deliberately selected this particular area because it's a bit more remote, it's less contentious, um, and it allows us to do this, uh, this uh, rehab VDT technique. Now... Now we now know the studies that are required to undertake the assessment on the other projects as well. Now we've and we've done the studies. Each time we did a study on this project, we repeated it at the other ones. So they're ready to go. We've already lodged the, the first part of documentation for Aerosmith Central, and we're about to lodge the, the starting process for uh, Mushe. But we've got all the studies ready to go. As, and the EPA is getting more comfortable in dealing not only with us, but this, this whole process. So we, we've sort of, our strategy here is to get this one in, in and approved and follow it up with the other ones, and they should move a lot quicker. Right, okay. Um, there's no doubt it's, it's dragged out. Um, you know, COVID didn't help, um, it, but it didn't affect us terribly. But really it's been a process of, engaging with the EPA and and moving with them through the assessment process. Right. And so how long, how long have you been at this? Oh, two and a half years. Okay. So two, two and a half years. But you, you, you feel that you've kind of been through, well, jump, jump through the hoops, as it were, and try to, to work with the EPA, trying to understand how, how this can be best done, and then hopefully a cookie-cut approach on the rest. So back, back to, back to um, the project at hand um, at Aerosmith, which is, just, just in terms of um, IRR, you know, return on this is looking like what? I'm just again, I'm trying to get understand the economics. Eighty percent. Eighty percent. Okay, so everyone should feel very comfortable the with that. Payback is about two, two and a half years. Right. Okay. Very, very comfortable. So it seems like that side of things great. So now route to market. You're telling me Japan, Korea, um, and possibly even eventually China is is the is the is the market for you. Um, how do you go about getting contracts in place? Is there a kind of terminal market for this thing? Is I mean, how does it work? Um, there's nothing like the LME in the sand market. Uh, you have to approach each of these companies. Right. Um, 
we've had we've got letters of interest from 65 companies that are prepared to buy uh, these products. 45 are from China. Our marketing manager, he's uh, Korean. He's based in KL. Uh, he's been in the silica sand market for 17 years. He knows all the players we need to be talking to. And, in fact, he has been extremely helpful in directing us to produce the right product. So he has uh, been able to identify markets that we should be targeting, which we have. And, in fact, at, at lab scale, we've uh, been able to produce uh, samples and we've sent them to We've, we've really got targeted about 20 companies and we've sent them one kilo and five kilo samples and they've all said, great product, we're more than happy to do it, need a big one. And they all need 50, 60 kilos, which is not very difficult to produce at lab scale. So we've actually built a pilot plant where we can do a tonne at a time. And we have done that and we have sent out larger samples to them, uh, to a number of uh, players. We've got another tonne being processed now, which will also get distributed. Um, and then we'll go back and talk to them and we'll talk, you know, uh, about offtake. We've already signed up a couple of non-binding offtake agreements with some Korean foundry guys who, are, who they're not huge. It's a couple of hundred thousand tonne a year. But they've also said if it fits our bill and, and it all works out okay, they want half a million tonnes a year each. So it's a, it's, it's a classic industrial mineral. More often than not, you have to get it into the market to develop the market. Um, so we, we get companies even now, and we're not in production, they say, we like, we like your tech sheets, we like the samples, send 50,000 tonnes. Bit difficult. So, okay, but, but so how, does this follow sort of the, the sort of traditional pattern of lab pilot demo and then full commercial plant? Or can you skip the demo plant component, given the simplicity of the processing? I'm trying, can, trying to work out, can you save yeah, costs? We, we were comfortable with lab scale. Okay. We're more comfortable now with the, um, the bulk sampling. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not complex. Right. I think that's my point. It's not, it's not complex. It's, it's high margin and uh, relative <laughs> low, low capex. You're, you're saying the interest is there. It's a question of, um, I then, I, I guess, Selecting who you want to work with, or going with the highest bidder, or I mean, again, on on that side of things, the competitor, given that given the the demand and the marketplace, I mean, how has the price of the various silica products that you that you produce has that moved much? Is it was it small steady it, growth? It moves between five and ten percent per year. Well, up the or up or down or up and down. For clear glass has yeah. probably jumped about twenty percent. Okay, over um, what? Yeah, I'm trying to understand over what period. Is this a slow, slow steady growth component? Oh, over the last couple of years. Over the last couple of years. Right, and how do you know that's um, kind of permanent? A lot of the – sorry? How do you know it's permanent, as in, you know, that, that it won't kind of drop off a cliff at some point? What's, what's, what's there's, no, there's no new supply coming onto the market. Okay. It's not like they've got a choice. If you've got reducing supply in every Asian country, you know, these the, the, the glass manufacturers have to get their sand from somewhere. Now, the alternative is you take hard rock, you crush it, grind it, and uh, and then produce a, almost a you know, sand flour, and that's very expensive exercise. So that's really our, the top is, is that market there. But also that's getting more and more difficult. 
where most of China used to access high-grade silica sand by taking not-so-good silica sand and pickling it in acid. So it was acid-washed material. Um, and then there used to be nearly 500 companies in China that would do that, and they were feeding into the uh, silica sand, the uh, glass market. But the disposal of of the gas, uh, the uh, acids at the end was becoming problematic and most of them were closed down. So only the ones who have got good environmental controls in there over the disposal of their waste are still existing and it's down to about 50 companies. So that source for higher grade silica sand is also diminishing. So this is where we're, we're trying to put position ourselves to be in the right place, right time, right product. Okay, so let's, let me talk about the products because I'm trying to I'm trying to understand the margins and the, the, the opportunity ahead of you again at, at all times. Which is you talked about the lower end product being fifty bucks per ton, and then the higher end seventy seventy five bucks. Are you in are you in control in any way of the the, the product that you can output by you know affecting the the way that it's processed? I can you create more of the higher and higher margin um, product, or is it a case of whatever comes out of the ground is what you get? To a certain extent, but it certainly depends on the raw material that you start off with. Right. Um, you know, they're all these are all granite-derived uh, deposits, um, and, in fact, in this photo behind me, in the distance you see a range of hills there. That's They're actually granite hills. So this is eroded from those hills. Now, the granite is not consistent along the length of those uh, those hills. So you could move 50 kilometres away and get a quite different type of sand. As it happens, our sand near uh, Perth at Mushay is good quality. It's 99.7% in the ground. So processing that up to 99.9 is not too difficult. Same as we're taking this here and it's about 98 and a half we can process, process this up to 99.7. Once again, the same technique will be at all, at all of our projects at the moment. What we have found is our process circuit is adaptable to each of these projects and will maximise the quality we can get out of there. But you can't, without you know, going down the route of acid washing, we can't get it any higher than what we're, what we're, what we're producing. Right. Okay. And with regards to the purification um, process itself, you're saying that's not that expensive, but or, or, or complicated certainly. Um, uh, and by the sounds of it, not that expensive either. Is are are there new market? Are the, the current market? You mentioned one of them, obviously. You know, vehicles, right? Um, whether whether it's internal combustion or uh, electric vehicles, you don't care. It's still used. Your product's still used in, in all of those cars. I mean, are there new sectors coming through which have a sort of, you know, higher, you need this kind of higher purity, this higher quality product coming through, which you can direct yourself towards? Or is it just a case of you just need a an offtake agreement or some prepay agreement or whatever structure of agreement by, by these, um, but but these uh, potential strategic partners of yours, you don't, you don't care what they do with it. I mean, I'm trying to wait. How, how, how do you improve your margins? Can you affect that? Yep, yep. Yes, there is. There are op downstream opportunities to improve the quality, but the the markets you can go into there don't 
are nowhere near the same tonnage. We could get into the silicon gel market. It's about you know, uh, 60, 60 odd thousand tonnes a year. Paint, flour, if you go and grind this and, and uh, process it a bit more and produce flour, uh, it, it goes into paints. That, you know, it's sort of 10 million tonnes a year. Um, the markets are nowhere near as big as flat glass and container glass. Right. But you can start adding a significant value. Now, we can produce at Muche 99.9, in fact, about 99.95. That's regarded as a 3.9s, 3M sand. Um, if we process it a little bit, and it's worth about you know, 70 US dollars a tonne. If we get to four nines, it's worth about 300 US dollars a tonne. If we go to five nines, it's worth $3,000 a tonne. Now, saying it is, it makes a lot of sense, but it's not easy to do. And there are plenty of companies around the world that do that. They will buy sand, they will grind it, they will, you know, chlorine wash it, get it up to a higher product and sell it into the market. Now, you're talking uh, LCDs, the thin film on the front of your monitor, um, you know, the glass that goes on the front of your phone. Um, there are enormous um, number of products that use silica sand. You are completely surrounded by silica sand all the time. The lights, <laughs> the lights behind you, the light globe, the neon tube, very highly sophisticated um, technology that produce a neon tube. You get into fiber optics, you, you know, it's glass fiber, fiber glass, you know, for uh, windmill blades. Windmill blades are an aluminium frame with a fiberglass uh, coating on it. That's, it's, it's very high tech. And there's lots of companies already established in that market, but all those markets are growing like crazy. Um, you can't make enough LCDs at the moment. You can't make uh, one of the uh, surprising ones we discovered recently with 5N silica flour is the coating they put over semiconductors and it looks like a sort of lacquer that goes over the top of a circuit board. It's, a, it's silica based and it's to stop any, it's a conduct, it's a non-conductor between uh, elements of a um, circuit board. Um, that's a surprisingly large market and growing like crazy. But you're talking hundreds of thousands of tonnes, not millions of tonnes, but definitely value-add. We are seriously looking at all sorts of different value-add um, and, and, and further downstream processing. We're well aware of them. Um, and uh, Right, and you, you just got to work out the, the, the return on capital invested. But right now for you, it's uh, how do we... Return on capital is... It's significant, but, but, you, but you kind of got to, you got to, got to walk before you can run sort of thing. So we, we come, sure. coming back to the financing with the, um, um, around um, Aerosmith um, on the CapEx, it's only 45 million, but still you got to get that in place. So in, in terms of the timing for the, um, that, you're, you're, it sounds like you're obviously in discussions, you've got, you know, non-binding term sheets on, on, on the table at the moment. Um, when do you feel you're going to be in a position to actually announce the market what that structure looks like? Your shareholders will be going like, please uh, do something non-dilutory. Um, there's all sorts of structured finance out there that you can take advantage of, but will you need to come to the market and raise more um, equity? We've got 10 million bucks in the bank now. We don't need to raise anything for quite a while up until the decision to mine. And when's it's that? It's about six months. 
to build the plant. There's a number of items we would have to start ordering fairly soon, next three or four months. Uh, they're long lead items. So we've identified all those and uh, we've got firm quotes. Um, yes, at some point, probably oh, September, October, we'll need to lock away financing. Um, and before that, we'll lock away offtake. Um, we expect to do that over the next two or three months. And you know, reasonable, we want to get at least a million tonne locked away in offtake to pull the trigger on the construction. Okay. Unfortunately, the whole timetable is very dependent on the EPA. Now, we've lodged the third and last document, which is about 1,500 pages of it, which is the project description, the project impacts on the environment, uh, the description of the environment, which is supported by all the studies we've undertaken. That document is in with the EPA, it's been with the EPA about six weeks already. It, it will come out from the EPA whether they require more information or not, we don't know yet. We don't think so because they've seen this document a number of times. Um, it will then go to a public review for 30 days. Now, subject to those, uh, any public comments, um, we will, uh, it, it, it will determine the timetable. We still think we'll get approval close to the end of this year and be able to get into construction early next year. Uh, to be in production sort of mid to third quarter of uh, of next year. Okay. So um, just just on just on that sort of that, that timing, I, I get the kind of the whole EPA thing, and it's kind of quick quick build um, process. But um, again, just on just on the just on the finance and so the the type of money that you raise is really important. I mentioned that you know people you know look and say, well, can you do this in a non dilatory way? So offtake is one thing because you can go and chat to debt providers and say we've got offtake, but Equity equity component is is another, right? Do you think that you can get some prepay on this one and avoid any kind of dilution going forward? Or have you not kind of got to that point where you understand it enough? We have talked about that with a number of the larger corporations that are involved in uh, in glass making. Generally, if, if we start talking off-take with three or four different companies, it makes it too complicated. And we, we, I can assure you we've got uh, companies that have come in and said, Okay, we'll take all of your product, we'll finance it, we'll market all of your sand. Now, we don't want to do that because we understand the market, we know what's going to happen in the near future and the sort of demand. Uh, we don't want to lock away. Uh, it, it'll be easy to do, but I, don't, I think we'll lose more opportunity that way. Well, you lose so, more, more margin, that's for sure. Um, absolutely. Yeah, margin, margin, and I think opportunity also to deal with other companies. So we're not real. We were, we were, we spent some time at that in last year, but uh, not at this point. And also, we've got, we put away offtake. I don't think it'd be any problem getting getting debt finance for the bulk of it, and I can't see us. You know, the long lead items, for example, we've got enough money in the bank now to whack down deposits on them. We've got to commit to, you know, 10, 15 million bucks worth of equipment, but we can we can debt finance that at some point. <clears throat> we get offtake, I don't think it'd be a problem. We have quite a number of large funds and debt financiers uh, who will, uh, will assist there and they're, they're very interested. And I don't think that interest has waned at all. 
It'll be, we're also undertaking in the moment an independent technical review. We've uh, commissioned the consultants to do that, and that'll form the bulk of the due diligence with not banks, uh, <coughs> funds and finances. Right. And no, I, I, I don't doubt the debt component either. Um, like, but like I say, it, it's that, okay, you've got a bit of cash now to put, put down deposits on non-lead items. Great. E wait, waiting for the EPA. It, it, it could be better than this year. It, it could go on a bit. Who knows, right? But, but what are the mechanisms? I'm interested in the mechanisms that will allow you to do non-dilatory financing. So prepay with a with one or two preferred suppliers. I, I get there's a queue waiting for you. There's no problem with that. But you know, how many of them are willing to step up and do a prepay on that basis, given the fact that they can go and you know get secure product in market in the sh in the short and medium term. Um, and I, you know, by your long-term prognosis, um, is, is that a possibility to get? Can I get prepay on this? It's a possibility. Some, you know, some of the companies we're talking to can can prepay <laughs> prepay what we need easily. You know, they're multi-billion-dollar companies. It all depends how much we want to get into bed with them. Um, it's it's a it's a diverse market. Uh, it's certainly dominated by China, but. It's, you know, the car manufacturing in Korea and Japan is, an ex is a huge industry. And, you know, obviously uh, the rate of growth of car manufacturing in China is, is, uh, is, is going through the roof. So a lot of demand coming from there. But the market in Japan and Korea will be adequate. We, we can't produce uh, enough sand that they, they might want. Now, they can, you know, those car manufacturers... Mind you, they all use contractors to supply that glass, and that's the contractors we're talking to. They can easily finance this, but it all depends how much you want to get into bed with them. So an arm's-length debt financing deal would be probably more preferable. But are you unlikely to get 100% debt, though? It require a component of, of um, equity as well. Um, but, you know, it would be minimal. Right. Okay. Well, I'm getting to the point that I, I as an investor care about. It's like if there's you got to raise some equity, there's dilution. If it's minimal, you can say, well, in relation to the opportunity in front of us, it's de minimis. Don't worry about it. Or you say, I can get 100% debt financing, or I could get into bed prepay with a partner. Which would allow us to finance or you know complete the financing of the capex build on um, Aerosmith, but for only a portion of our you know hundred year life or a portion of our annual output. Do you know what I mean? There's, you've got lots of um, op, uh, I guess optionality there. So lots of options, right? Lots, okay, lots and lots of options. Uh, we'll investigate all of them and work out which one's the best deal for us. Okay, we're not set on anything at the moment. Okay, so that, that in terms of the money. So now we've got to look at the, the the share chart. Obviously, you're in that kind of awkward phase of you know, getting to the point where you're... Well, as a substantial shareholder, I don't wish for dilution. No, I know, I know that, but uh, but I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm, and I'm I'm cool with you know what you said with regards to the optionality in front of you. But just looking at the share, the sort of share share chart, um, I mean, obviously compared to 2020, life, life is good. You obviously people got excited at the beginning of 2021, uh, and it's been less, last three months. Is well, last three months have been difficult for everyone, right? So, uh, whatever sector. Um, so, you know, that's all fine. But the, I think the big moment people are going to be waiting for is EPA approval, final EPA 
approval. Um, and then announcement from you around how this thing gets financed, timing you're clear on and who you're getting into bed with. I guess the bigger names excite more, excite people and some of the lesser known names may, may not. But the point is you feel that by what, 2024, you are in revenue? Yes. Okay. And what's that, what's that projection look like as far as you're concerned, if things go according to plan? Uh, first two years, sort of 20 million Australian dollars a year, followed by the next project, if it's Muche, that'll be worth about 40 million a year. So we think within three or four years, 60 to $80 million a year, and that's not taking into account any escalation in the prices. And I, I think the escalation in prices will be much greater than our operating cost because it's, it's not a huge operating cost. Well, they kind of sunk cost by that point, one, one hopes. Um, oh, the, the, of the plant, yeah, sure. It's, uh, and it's, it's low maintenance, low operating cost. Right. Okay. Well, um, Bruce, um, I'm just sort of con cognizant of your time. <laughs> um, I appreciate one, the education on the market. I think that help, will help people understand how the market operates um, in, in, in broad terms. And I appreciate you kind of sharing your vision for how this company moves forward and where you are at the moment. So look, just baby, stay in touch. Uh, exciting times, uh, interesting market. Um, and we wish you well, sir.